You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Your Bibles were in Matthew chapter 26. You know, it's amazing, the music, and we did not plan it this way, but I believe in a hill called Mount Calvary, and it is finished, and, uh, and this song right here, and, and we're in a text that you would think would be around the Easter season, and the garden, and uh, Brother, uh, Brother Bertram, as you prayed, what a blessing to hear about how, what God just put in your thoughts this morning about that kiss from the betrayer and uh, in the early morning hours. Well, I'm so glad you're here, and uh, I want to speak to you about an important subject. You'll find this word in chapter 26 eight times. You'll find it again many times in chapter 27. It's an awful word. And I might say this today, that most it's perhaps one of the most grievous words in the English language. Oh, I, I just, I, my heart aches when I see a couple go through this experience with this word. It just hurts me so badly. When I watch a husband and wife uh, see this word in their lives and then live with the consequences. I I hurt so badly when I see parents, and I see it all the time, go through this word. And it upends their life. I, I feel so badly when I see children have to go through this word. I recall years ago, our college is 25 years old now, and a young lady came her senior year, and her sister was a freshman. And that day when they arrived from a distant state, they received the phone call, and this word had to carry them through the senior year and the next four years of Bible college for a sister. It's an awful word. I hope you don't have to experience it, but I can guarantee it, you will. Everyone faces this word. It's the word that's associated with Judas. He's called in the Bible even, Judas the betrayer. To be betrayed is one of the most awful experiences in life. To be betrayed by your husband, ladies, now, coming up soon on 50 years of ministry, I've seen women betrayed by their husbands. I've witnessed men betrayed by their wives. I've watched children betray their parents, even to the tune that sometimes go online and trash, literally trash their parents. I lost these guys, and you guys, I told you to stay. You guys want to go? I'll let you go. Hey, the, <laughs> sorry, fellas. Betray you. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they did betray me. I guess they did. <laughs> My goodness. I'm lucky I got all these right-wingers over here. The left-wingers left out, I guess. It is so sad when I hear of you being betrayed. Right now, you're thinking about this situation. Maybe it was a relative. 
And all of a sudden, it's in your mind. Maybe it was at work. Maybe it's in church work. I, I don't know what it might be, but everybody in life experiences in their life betrayal. Betrayal means literally to be given over to treachery. So Judas gave himself over to treachery. He, it, is to, it is to literally be sold out. The Greek word says it, to be sold out by a traitor. When someone you've invested in and you've loved and you've cared for, I think of what the Bible word is also the word backbiting. And God's people were backbiting and backbiting is traitors are betraying one another. So it was in the New Testament local church. It's a violation of trust. It's a violation of confidence. And here we have Judas, who's known as the traitor in the Bible. You just don't step off into being a betrayer. What were the earmarks? What happens? I mean, he was part of the 12, or the birth. He was part of the inner circle. He sat by Jesus. He held the money. And yet, we're going to find he's betrayed. We have several men in this room that have been pastors, and they serve with us here now. Our church is strengthened because of them. I think of Brother Bertram, how you've pastored. Brother Martinez, you've pastored in the Philippines. Uh, Dr. Nikolai, you've pastored. Uh, Brother, brother uh, um, he did leave. Brother Cooper, we'll leave him out. He, are you here, Brother Cooper? Uh, he, he pastored and evangelized. Brother Smith, you pastored. And every one, I don't know what, every one of these men have experienced it in the church. What were the observations that I see in this man? I see that he, he took the wrong advice. I, I want you to see it in a moment in the scriptures, but I want to just lay it out by saying, you and I must watch the people that give us direction. We must watch the people that give us advice and influence. The Bible says in Proverbs 13, verse 20, he that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. You hang around a foolish person, you will be destroyed. My Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth, there's a progression. You walk, you stand, you sit in the way of sinners. I'll get to the scripture in a moment. I've watched it now for 46 years here. I saw a few years back, I could say a few years back, and you will never know who, because it happens often. I saw this couple and they began to spend time with this couple and they had nothing in common. But I know this couple here, everywhere they've gone, they've created trouble. And sure enough, I watched how that this solid, good couple became like this couple. And their lives have derailed because evil companions corrupt good manners. You show me your friends. I've told our teenagers for 44 years in the school, you show me your friends, I'll show you your destiny. I know where you're going to walk and wind up every time. My own life as well. Look what the Bible says. We're going to go back. We're going to go to chapter 27. 
And when the morning was come, 27-1, when the morning was come, all the chief priests and elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. Now, wait a minute. These were religious leaders, and these were people, and these were governmental leaders. These were people in charge, and they took counsel. Uh, that is, they allowed to have discussion and communication. What are we going to do with this Jesus? But it, this, chief, this chief priest and elders had already had an influence on a man. Notice the man. Go back to chapter number 26. In 26, the Bible says in verse 14, then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot went unto the what? Chief priest. You know, a, a, a rebel always knows where to go. A rebel will go to the place of least resistance for right. Absalom rebelled against his family, rebelled against his dad, and he went to his grandfather, the king of Geshur, who was nothing but a heathen king. And when he said, Dad, I'm going to do it my way, the Bible said he fled to Grandpa, and there he was, the king of Geesh was Talmai, Grandpa Talmai. And I'm going to get my advice. You watch it, you kids. When you're no longer willing to obey your mom and dad, you'll go to some aunt or uncle that are against your parents. And that aunt or uncle, well, that church, well, your parents, and they'll destroy not your, their life, but your life. Watch it go into some grandparent that's going to draw you away from God. I'm not talking about a godly grandparent. I'm talking about when mom and dad are trying to do right. Perfect? No. You watch when you're a parent how difficult it is. But to go to the place of least resistance, he went to the high chief priest. The religious leaders, you can get whatever you want nowadays. You can, you can conjure up your own concoction of religion. Go online and you can find the church you want that meets your criteria. And the Bible says, Judges 17, 6, they did everything. Every man did that which was right in his own eyes. Amen. You can find the religious group that accommodates even sin. That's why 164 bishops just few weeks ago in San Francisco, uh, ordained a transvestite. The place was so thrilled. You can get what you want. Have it your way. But that is what is destroying our land and our churches. That verse says that he went to the high priest and, and he said unto them, what will you give me? I want you to know that he placed himself in harm's way Couples, you be very careful about hanging around all the time. You be very careful about all of us, social media. Because you allow this person or this one or this group or whoever it is to influence in you and you don't change them, they change you. And they'll justify it even with scripture that you can, your, your wife, yes, yes, yes. You married your wife, but you have freedom, and they'll begin to tell you things that are even sinful and wicked against God. Sirs, there's nothing new. You're here. You've heard it if you've been around here 46 years. You got married. Guess what? All the games with the boys stopped, sir. 
I mean, perhaps it could be like we had Thursday night. We're all together out there at a family and watched most of us men make fools of ourselves because we're not very good. I mean, I'm the guy standing up there to try to hit the ball. I couldn't see it because of the sun, and it hit me on top of the head. There's the guy right back there. Donald Rocha, you were the pitcher. You're still in the church, but you have to give more money. He was so apologetic. It was my stupidity. I, I stood there, and, and I looked, you know, when, when, I know I'm off the subject, I'm on baseball now. You stand up there, and, you, and all of a sudden, the last second you see it, and you swing like a sissy. It's not the way you swing a bat. Even the referee thought it was a terrible swing. Even the referee. Some of you get what I'm saying. I try to correct our man. Come on, ref. He's not a ref. He's an umpire. Come on, let's get some more points on the board. It's called runs. I threw that in for free today. It's an amazing thing, Rob. It's an amazing thing. The advice we can get, it's wrong. You know what God trained us? You young ladies, don't get advice from one another. Get advice, Titus 2, from a sound, aged woman. A lady that's been down the path of life. Well, there's new ways to do, I, I, I have a friend online, and there's new ways to do diapers. There's no new ways to do diapers. <laughs> and man, you men that are, wives are expecting children, act like you can't get a, you can't get a grip on it. You don't know how to do it. Just, just be sure that you don't fall into that trap. But maybe you should help. Remember the day of cloth diapers? Oh, that was gross. I'm saying today, you young girls, don't, don't learn your parenting skills from some girl that's trying to, well, online it says this. Online it says, the new thing is, I don't know, the new thing is cold milk for the baby, so don't heat it. Maybe that is the new thing, but maybe ask some older lady. Don't ask me, I have no idea. But there's somebody, hey, you, you men, you young men, don't ask a peer, ask an older man. That's the word of God. Where are you grabbing your advice? Where are you learning your direction? And here is Judas. He said, I'm going to find someone that's going to agree with me. I, I know it's not only did he get the wrong advice. Secondly, he always followed the money trail. Look what it says in that text right there, chapter 26, verse 16. And he said unto them, what will you give me? And I will deliver him unto you. And they covenant with him for 30 pieces of silver. By the way, that was the price of a slave. And from that time, they saw opportunity to betray him. He, 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 he deceived himself. It was all about the money. Be careful that the decisions in life are not governed by money. 
And here is Judas, and he needed money, like Achan needed money, and then he hid it. So often we get what we want, and we lose what we have. And here is Achan, and he lost it. Here is Judas, and he lost it. Life does not revolve about money. They that will be rich, 1 Timothy chapter 6, fall in the snare and hurtful lust of the devil. Decisions of life should not be based on how does this profit me, but the decisions of life should be based on what is the will of God for my life. I heard a man's testimony this past week got saved here and delivered from a, a life a, a, away from God and God, God just did a marvelous work and they offered him in a very affordable area a job for over $200,000 and he said, I won't take it. And his reasoning for it, he has a church that he needs right now in his life. He knows he needs it. He'd have an easier life. I'm not saying you cannot move. I'm not saying you cannot go. I'm not saying you cannot find another church, another pastor. My goodness, God bless you. That's God's will for your life. But I am saying this. He said, I know what's happened in my life. I know where I was for over 50 years of my life. I know, I know where I was headed. I know where I was going. I know I was in the gutter. And God redeemed and God changed my life. And I don't want that life I had. I'm so happy serving God and taking the Bible's house to house and door to door. My life has been changed. I'm not saying you cannot get a job with more money. I'm saying this, be careful that the decision is not based on money. For they that will be rich, you will find, I, 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 I'll never write the book. But you don't pastor as many people as I've pastored. Baptized alone, just alone, over 19,000, right at 19,000 people. Plus, on top of that, so many people, probably 30,000, 40,000 people have been members here through the years. You begin to learn some things. And when decisions are based upon money instead of the will of God, you always announce the doom and the wreck and the ruin of your life. Judas wanted that money. Judas was willing to betray Jesus. Chapter 4, 26, while you're there, the Bible says this in verse 21. And as they did eat, he said, Verily I say unto you, one of you shall betray me. And they were exceeding sorrowful and began to one, every one of them say, Lord, is it I? Then Judas, verse 25, which betrayed him, answered and said, Master, is it I? His third decision that was so wrong. He, he was a phony. Well, Brother Bobby Robertson died, I think he was 87, but he used to preach in this pulpit from North Carolina. And you've heard me say it because it's in my ready room, it's in my ready room in the, uh, upstairs, it's in my office, a picture of him preaching behind this pulpit. I was there preaching probably 30 years ago at his church, a revival, and that night as he prayed and closed the service, he said, Lord, and he said three things. I wrote them down while I was praying. I came back Sunday night. I said, my message came to me in about one minute's time. It did not take a lot of study this week, but I want to tell you the man of God's prayer. He said, Lord, help us to confess our sins. Help us to walk humbly before thee and help us to be real. 
And in life, God just wants you to be real. God doesn't want pretense. God does not phoniness. And, and he's sitting there. He's already betrayed. He's, betray, he's going to betray Jesus. And he said, what well, is it, I? You know, there's five little letters there. Is it I? And three of the five letters is the word letter I. It's in all three little words there. Is it I? When we begin to elevate ourselves and get ourselves in the equation and we dethrone God and we lift up ourselves, I promise you, you're going to be a betrayer. When it becomes all about me, all about count I, I'm not happy. I'm in my marriage, I'm not happy with my wife. I'm not happy with my wife, husband. I'm not happy with my job. I'm not happy with the church. I'm not happy with this area. I'm not happy with this. I'm not happy. Look, if you're looking for the external to bring joy on the inside, joy doesn't come from the outside. Happiness comes from the outside. But God never tells us to be happy. God says there ought to be joy. That joy is from within us, welling up. You don't get joy from money, from play, from Disney World. You get a lot of happiness, but joy comes in the morning when God does a work in our life. The joy of the Lord is my strength. It, joy comes, that's why the world has no joy today. There's no joy, but there's joy in serving Jesus. There's joy. I've got the joy, 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 joy outside my life. No, it's down in my heart. Jesus and others and you, what a wonderful way to spell joy. So his third mistake was not, he was just a phony. Oh, is it I? Well, the Lord is so good to me. Don't play phony baloney. May I go? Number next, chapter 27, and verse number, in, in verse number 27, verse number 3, and Judas, which betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, and brought again the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. He came back to the people that he negotiated with, saying, I have sinned, that I betrayed innocent blood. And they said, what is that to us? He had remorse. In life, when we betray one another, you will have remorse. I've watched it with couples. We can betray, but then the remorse comes in. I've watched it with people through the years I've buried. Always had conflict. And then when they finally lost the one, and we're free, said, I, I wish I could redo. I wasn't a good this or a good that, a husband or a wife, a good parent. I've watched it in jail cells. I should have been there for my son. I should have been there for my daughter. And I, I go to these jail cells and I, and I, and I, and I, and I talk to these dear, different ones and, and my heart aches. But the reduce and the confession, it's too late, too little, too late. And he said, I've sinned. I've sinned. I've seen it on deathbeds. Oh, Pastor. I'm so sad. I'm so sorry. 
And don't ask me because I'll, I'll not even tell my I won't tell anybody in life where I've heard that. And here's Judas. He saw what he had done and the tremendous remorse. May I show you that he died a pauper. He had those 30 pieces of silver. Look at his sad, sad death. Verse 5 of chapter 27. The chief priest took the silver and said, it's not lawful. It's not lawful. Let's take the this, this, it, it can't go back in the treasury. It's the price of a blood. And they said, verse 7, let's, let's buy a potter's field. The, the cemetery over here, I remember it had to be 40 years ago. I said to the, the groundskeeper there, the owner, the, the man that manages it, I said, I'd like to get that beautiful knoll out there. I'd like to lead our people in buying all, all that hill right there, that little hillside, just elevated 10 feet or so. I'd like to get that whole fill, that whole area for North Valley Baptist Church. He said, Pastor, it's not available. I said, why? There's, there's no marker there? He goes, no, that's the potter's field. And the cemeteries have the potter's field. It's for the poor. They have no family. They have no loved ones where they've buried them in cemeteries. Why did they need a potter's field? Well, look at verse number five. And when he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple, can you imagine that? He went in the temple with this money. He said, I did the wrong thing. What's that to us? It's amazing how your friends won't be there. And he threw them down. He threw the money. He said, I, I, I'm wrong. And he departed. And he went. And he hanged himself. I'm just thinking this right now. I've, I've not thought about this. And you would not know who I'm talking about. I, I, I found some letters. I was just going through one of my files. And I found letters from different people that have committed suicide. And they wrote me letters prior to their death. And by the way, the, the two I'm thinking about, nobody in this room, you think you know, not one person would know who I'm talking about. And I said, I've been so wrong. I've been so wrong. I have nothing to live for. Judas came to that point. He was in the inner circle. And he had nothing to live for. Everything that, every opportunity that was given to him, which breaks my heart. I think of how many parents, you're, you're beating yourself up in this room. I wish, I wish you would understand that all of us make our own decisions. We can blame mom and dad. We can blame the church. We can blame Christianity. We can blame our job. We can blame everything we want to blame. But I'm responsible. And he went out and hung himself. And they took those 30 pieces of silver that he wanted so badly, but he lost so quickly and hung himself. 
I have in my prayer journal, though when someone passes away, I don't have to pray for them anymore. I have, I think, all several pages, all the people that I've laid to rest in this church through the years, young and old. And I believe for everyone, I have the date they passed away. Most of them, I have their birth date and the death, the death of the day of their death. I have several pages of preachers that have passed away since becoming the pastor here 46 years ago, and it's hundreds. One was before I came here. In fact, I was just getting out of college and was one of our board members for our college. But nine of those preachers killed themselves. Nine of them. By the way, they were good men. One, uh, the doctor, I know it, it wasn't this person. It wasn't who he was. The, the doctor put him on some medication and later to only find out it was an antidepressant, though he wasn't depressed, but tried to conquer some things. Had a renowned church. One, I, I, I see his book. I can't take some of his books off my library shelf. They're just so valuable. He's just such a great man, pastor of America's largest churches. And he took his life. I want to warn everyone here. Don't ever get to the point you're going to take your life. It is the ultimate self-trip. Because you don't understand who you're leaving behind with a life of hurt. You deal with the situation. Let God give you the victory. And he went out and hung himself. What, 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 what happened here? He betrayed Christ. I wish one of you men or ladies in our church would write a book on loyalty. It's a lost art. I'm not saying loyalty to sin and crimes. I'm saying loyalty to God and loyalty in marriage and loyalty to the family and loyalty to your heritage and loyalty to the New Testament local church. There needs to be some loyalty. But it seems like we live in a day where all that loyalty is torn down. And here's a great example. And he lost it all. There was a man, George Washington was the general. He loved this man. He has loved him. And he promoted him up through the ranks. He was born in Connecticut. And he, he was born into luxury. But the man became a military man of great wisdom and great might. He married Anna, this man. And Anna was British. And there was the Revolutionary War with America and the British. And Anna was born into, with a silver spoon in her mouth. She was very wealthy. And she came to America after they married, but she just always loved her homeland. To the point she would work her husband. And work her husband. George Washington saw the value in this man and raised him up to a, a, a high position. He was successful in everything he touched. And, and, and he followed George Washington, but somewhere along the line, Anna got to him. 
as she began to say we can make more money, they had wealth beyond measure. And he said, we can, we can make more. And she began to show him that though he was running a fort, he could become an informant for British. That make sure he'd not die and make sure the fort would collapse and make sure that people, and, and all of a sudden all this was starting to happen around him. No one understood what was happening. But he was selling our game plan to the British. He was taken from his position and could have been tried and could have been hung for treason. And George Washington said, no, no, let's not do that. He went back home to Connecticut and his wealth was just enormous in Connecticut. And, and yet they'd call him his first name and then they'd call him the traitor. Everywhere went the traitor. Then he went to, to, to the British side and when he was over there on the, across the ocean, he was standing next to the king. He was one of the lords of the parliament. They promoted him. And when he walked in, one of the politicians stood to his feet and said, King, I respect and I honor you, but I will not speak with, they gave his first name, the traitor standing next to you. You're too good a man to be standing. And the whole crowd erupted and began to chant his name, the traitor. He left there and went to the West Indies and had great plantations and very successful. And he had walked the streets and they say, there's his first name, the traitor. In fact, they said everywhere he went, he finally landed in Canada. Age 50. He is now in a little room upstairs by himself. He looks so aged, he died at age 60. His name was Benedict, by the way. And Benedict was in a room upstairs wearing his American uniform. He was slunched over. It was dark and dingy in there. And a man came, Teleran was his name, and Teleran came to the front desk and said, I hear there's an American or a British, but I, I'm trying to get somewhere where there's safety. I'm fleeing from my life, and I need safety. The man said, I don't know if he's British or American. I sense he might be American. You can go upstairs and knock on the door. He knocked on the door, and Benedict Arnold said, it's open. He never stood. Tully Rand came to him and said, sir, I'm making my passage to America. I understand from what I hear on the street that you're a man that's well known. I don't know your name, but I need letters. Apparently you had possessions and you're here now. I'm wondering if you could write me a letter of introduction so I can get some employment when I land in America. He said, sir, to my knowledge, I don't have one friend in America. And to my knowledge, I don't have one friend in this world. Everywhere he went, they called him Benedict 
the traitor. I tell you the name Judas, and perhaps you have named your child Judas. I'm, I don't think so. I've never heard of one. We don't name our children Judas. Judas is known through the Bible as a traitor. But our Lord chose him. He must have had something. God knew what was going to happen. He knows everything. But Judas betrayed our Lord. Got the wrong advice. He got looking for money. He betrayed with a kiss to point him out because the image was stamped in the others. This is Jesus who you want. He, he went and said, I don't want this money. I've sinned. I've done wrong. We said, we don't want it. He threw it down and walked out. He went out and hung himself and they buried him in a potter's field. The decisions of life are so very important. Right now in an uncertain day we live, you must be very careful. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.